Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Escort Confessions with Alexa Max and Mr. Elaine. Hi. 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 <laughs> so today we're going to talk about, let's see, duos, orgies, and flexes. Yes. Flexes. Yes. Flexes. <laughs> is that, is, did, am I saying that right? Like flex? Yeah. Having admitting that you had multiple partners at one time is a major flex, anyway. So, oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Okay, so um, tell me about your experience with having multiple partners at the same time. That experience. It's something from a basically cishet male perspective it's it's sort of a fantasy that all little boys well all all young men dream about and i've had friends of mine who've had it occur organically and i've had friends of mine who have hired professionals and from the point of view of being a previous john i have had a share my share of duos um myself and two other um courtesans and uh they were incredible. Um, most of the ones I had early on when I was first discovering the world of companionship were with um, massage therapists, uh, masseuses. Um, and they were, you know, what they would do is what they would consider the uh, forehand technique and um, oh. which, yeah, which parlayed into actual intercourse. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was experience. And the first time was electrifying it was like wow I, I can't believe we're actually doing this and the women were gorgeous and flirty and fun and they were into each other and it was a it was a, it was a great experience and then um after that probably the most memorable one was working with the provider back in the days of craigslist um not craigslist back pages back page, when back pages was brand new and you could find companionship there you um you know, you could, you could find um, models or courtesans or, or escorts, whatever you wanted to call them, that um, specialized in having uh, two girl parties. And um, I remember I was in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I, I hired somebody, uh, we'll call her Ariel. And um, she was great. She was cute, bubbly. Uh, she and I are about the same age. So I think late twenties. And um you know, we were, we were chatting as you do when you're qualifying each other. Um, cause you want to make sure she's legit as well as her making sure that you you're vetted in that process. We were talking about, you know, fantasies and things we had wanted. And I had not had a full, uh, threesome experience or two girl party yet. And so I, um, I asked, well, she was asking me about fantasies and I had mentioned that. And so she says, well, I have a friend, we'll call her crystal mm -hmm. and, uh, crystal and Ariel, um, you know, we met at this agreed upon location and, you know, uh, Ariel was a redhead and Crystal was blonde and oh. we had a great time. And then they asked, you know, we sort of talked about what we wanted to do and boundaries and everything. And I said, honestly, I would love to watch the two of you play together and yeah. um, do a two girl show. And they're like, oh, <laughs> no one ever wants that, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'd love that. So we um, did that and they worked together and it was incredible. And then I joined in just a little bit after that. And we had a great time. And um, the last time I did it was a couple of years after that. So maybe about 
eight or nine years after that experience, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina and, you know, similar situation. I was thinking, Hey, I feel like, you know, having some companionship, I found, I stumbled across a provider who said we specialize in two girl uh, parties and she had a friend of hers who was Asian. I think she may have been Korean. I don't know exactly. Um, and she was herself blonde and, um, we'll call the blonde Jolene and the, uh, the, uh, other, the brunette, uh, we'll call her, um, uh, Melissa for lack of a better term, because <laughs> honestly, I don't remember their names to be, to be truthful, but, um, it was not a great experience. In fact, oh. I actually feel like they were trying to roll me. Um, and, you know, we agreed upon a, a set amount for the hour and I, I, I put the money on the counter and then they counted it and said, this is short. I said, no, it's not short. I got out of the ATM. They come in, you know, the exact amount. And so they kind of put pressure on me to pay more money. And I didn't have the greatest experience. I mean, it was basically one person at a time. Mm. Nobody wanted to play with each other. Um, it was actually, it was actually really, really late at night too. So everyone was just kind of tired. And so I was with one and then uh, I was with the second one and it was honestly a letdown. And that was the last time I was with a paid provider. Um, and I guess it just sort of soured my experiences totally with that. But then I realized that, you know, if you work on yourself and you become a better person and you figure out how to be more confident in your personal life, you can have the kind of experiences that you want to with just normal relationships, not normal relationships, but with non-compensated relationships. And so since then, you know, my partners and, and, and people I've dated, you know, have been able to match desires that I've wanted to, you know, experience. Um, and I think I just really took a chance of saying, hey, you know, what's around me? It's in the pool of people that I'm dating and the people that I interact with that can match experiences that I would find with a provider. Not to say there's anything wrong with the provider, because that obviously is not. <laughs> That's the whole point of the podcast. But um, I just haven't, you know, worked with anybody since then. Um, I just really haven't had the desire or, or the means or really circumstances warranted where I needed to do that. And, uh, somebody who had, for, for now, one duo, I could say like from provider's perspective that you should, if you're gonna have a duo, I would suggest for, you know, potential clients to book with like separate one first, like you see this provider and then you see that provider. And for providers who are looking to book another provider for duos to start doing duos, I would suggest to meet each other first and then book the duo another day because the first duo that I had was, it was good, but she didn't, she was not up for playing with me while I was up for it. So that was disappointing for me. So yeah, but I actually, um, I'm heading to Richmond, Virginia, I think in a couple of weeks. And I booked a provider for myself. She is so bubbly. I'll just call her M. And she's like, so bubbly, loves to read. And she's like my type. And like, we like just communicating with her. It's clear communication. She's really friendly. And um, she actually like promotes our deal on like the other provider. Mm -hmm. And I think it's amazing. Like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. That's great. No, I'm, I'm glad you, you should be excited about that. I, I would be too. Um, that sounds like a great ideal situation. Um, I remember the, the first couple I worked with, one in Wilmington, like 
she said, Hey, I had this friend and she and I work together a lot and, you know, we really enjoy our, each other's company. And she said, here's a, and then, you know, in texting, she sent me a link to her page and it was their couples page or like the duos page. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really important. Like you're talking about, I hope it works out. I think maybe two of you could work together in the future. If, you, yeah. if there's chemistry. Yeah, exactly. And she, she already like got me fully booked. Uh, because she kept promoting and she has more followers and uh, yeah like I could see like yeah she actually wants to make money because unlike another provider I keep I keep like asking the first provider like hey here's my photos like I already posted this and she never like promoted me but then again I think I think there was like jealousy kind of thing because she was a bigger girl and maybe I don't know I don't know but it didn't work out with that provider so with this provider it works out so I'm like yeah mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see you again <laughs> um yeah yeah I guess honestly in, in a lot of ways too it's like the relationships that you make with people um you know even people that you say this was a different kind of work and you needed a partner for a project mm-hmm. you know there's obviously not chemistry between you and that person it's going to be hard to work with them yeah so I think that's probably the most important aspect is if you're going to have, you know, such a, a threesome, then everyone needs to be on the same page about it at the very least. Um, sometimes you meet somebody and it's just like, wow, this is instant chemistry. Um, yeah, I really like this person. You know, I'm having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, the one time I've actually had really any kind of repeat with a provider, you know, was because of that. Like I, I've, I've had two providers in the past who I've had multiple sessions with that yeah. we hit it off with. And, and not only did we hit it off with, but at the time what I was doing from for work and my income stream and, you know, my budgeting for that kind of, you know, entertainment, it, it was like they, they fit in that category of, Hey, this is somebody that is, is affordable and is value to the experience. You know, I don't mind the tipping extra. Or I don't mind, you know, the higher price point, um, because it's worth it. And, mm-hmm. um, not that we need to commodify, you know, humanity or anything like that, but when you are a service provider and there's money exchange, you want to make sure that it's a, a great value for everyone. That's win-win as much yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, tell me about when you went to like orgy parties and mentioned and, um... well, I mean, yeah, it just, in, in, in my personal life, um, my partner and I have had an experience with another couple. That's fun. I mean, it wasn't really an orgy party so much as it was just for you know, some. Wait, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was. It was just like an experience where we were somewhere we felt comfortable and somewhere where we felt empowered. You know, like confident. That's the that's the word there, and uh, feeling sexy because you know it's easy to be like, oh, I you know. I, I might be weighing too much right now, or I may feel bloated, or I may not be feel, feeling sexy, <laughs> so or me. yeah, or even guys who are like, "Oh, I, I can't get it up right now because I had too much to drink, or I'm too tired, or whatever." You know, mm-hmm. um, I remember the very first uh, foursome was a full swap couple yeah. that my partner at the time. It was actually my 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 girlfriend's at the time's birthday. And um, yeah, it was her birthday and uh, her best friend was like, why don't you come over and we'll, we'll have some fun. My, you know, my husband and I am like, okay. And you know, we had that night. in fact, in fact, she even, my girlfriend had come to me and said, Hey, this is my, this is my girlfriend. And she will call her B 
and okay. she and her husband C want to uh, hang out with us. I'm like, what do you mean to hang out? She's like, well, we want to, you know, do a full swap foursome. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you okay with that? She's like, yeah, I am. But then after it was over, she was like, you know what? I don't, I don't, uh, I didn't like that. I, I didn't feel comfortable. I'm like, well, why? She's like, I just, I don't know. And she had some things about, you know, how she felt, like physically felt about it. Like, I don't think she, I mean, she definitely came, but I think she was just had a lot of things going on in her mind that she had built up to and was like, well, it's going to be this way. And there's a lot of pressure she put on herself. And uh, she and I aren't together anymore. Um, there was a lot of problems in the relationship to begin with even before that. But that was, that was my first experience like that. And it was, it was fun, but it was also kind of high pressure because you know, when you're with somebody and things don't go right, it's like, okay, you know, whatever, we'll just get to laugh it off and then try again in a second. But when there's two other people there, it's like, okay, now there's an audience. And unless you're good at, you know, having sex in front of an audience, mm-hmm. then it takes practice. But uh, overall, it was great because she was hot. And I, and I, one of my, one of my kinks is um, I enjoy seeing my partner with other people. Um yeah. And uh, that was one of the situations where I learned that. I was like, wow, it's really hot watching you. And, you know, the two women um, play with each other, you know, B and, and, and my girlfriend at the time, we'll call her A, um, they played and that was hot. And then, we, you know, she went with C and I went with uh, B and we were kind of in the same room together and it was, it was also very hot. And then, but there had been a lot of alcohol, so I didn't enjoy myself fully like I normally would have, but I still had a good time. And unfortunately she didn't. And that was the first and last time she and I did that together. And I've done that since. Um, but I don't have the permission to discuss that with anybody else. So I've not mentioned, I'm not going to mention it for the podcast yeah. presently, but yeah, it, they're good. I mean, um, what is, what's your experience with them? What have, what's, what has been, have you had multiples like that yet? Not yet, but I will. You will. Definitely. I hope I will. Because I, um, I mean, of course, after doing duos with a new new girl, um, I f- I feel like I'm gonna be more comfortable, and obviously, like I want I want to book myself two male providers because I've always been, you know, wanted two males, and I can't I don't think I can really I don't have enough time to try to find CVs to mm-hmm. do that with me because not everybody will be up for it. But then if I mm-hmm. book two providers, then, you know, they get paid, they get laid. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny you talk about civvies. I mean, I've noticed that like the friends of mine who are not quite civilians, either they're like cam models or they're people in the industry or whatever tend to be easier to experiment with. Like the times I've done stuff like that, you know, and people who, either were you know full-on air quotes freaks yeah or there were people like i mean the last time i was with somebody like that she was a cam model and um she and i had gotten together and it was we had an amazing time and then circumstances dedicated we had to not see each other for a long time and then she reached out and said hey i have a boyfriend Mm-hmm. And I'm interested, he and I are interested in having another, another male with us because I, I want to be DP. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's, we can do that. Um, but we, we just haven't had a chance, to, you know, the scheduling kept, kept us from, you know, organizing that because it is, I mean, you have to get everyone's schedules together, three people. And it's, it's just like, yeah, hard. it can be hard. Exactly. Not, <laughs> good, kind of, not hard. good kind of hard. 
<laughs> oh lord! <laughs> what and why is that something that you want to do? Why is that? Is that a fantasy you had in your real life? Yeah, my whole life, pretty much, because I'm, you know, straight. I I like to watch some DP stuff, some like what is it called? Um, g- game bang sometimes, but I don't. I don't want like too many guys. I just want like two f- to start with, but I don't know. It's just, I like males. I like, you know, fit males. I like pretty males and yeah. I don't, my thing. Um, I don't know. I think it's just kind of hot. Uh, yeah. It's like, no, it's, well, like- it's very hot. Of course it's hot. It's, <laughs> it's incredibly hot. It's yeah. It's, there's sort of a um, primal, um, there's a primal aspect of it too, because if you think about sex as just procreation, your chances of procreating are better when you're able to have multiple partners than they are with just one single partner. Mm-hmm. So as, as a woman who is carrying, you know, her eggs and wants them fertilized, yeah. the chances of them fertil- being fertilized are twice as likely now. And therefore you can carry on your tribe's DNA as a male, you know, a sperm provider, your chance of fertilizing two eggs is better than trying to fertilize one egg. So Mm -hmm. for the biological imperative, uh, if we're going to go from that point of view, it's something definitely naturalistic to want to have multiple partners at a simultaneous event or multiple partners throughout the course of an ovulation. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. It is interesting. Sounds kind of weird to put it that way though. Um, it sounds very, uh, very normative, um, but at the same time, not because it's not a normative thing. I will tell you this, though. I, when I was a, a, a kid, and you should always protect children from pornography. Um, that's that's my disclaimer. But I remember like sneaking in and seeing like you know movies my dad would have, like we're like sneaking like sneaking and seeing stuff on cable late at night, like on the Playboy Channel. Yeah. And uh, what was the what was the movie? I, I don't remember exactly which movie it was but it was, it was Richard Mall at a orgy and Ooh. it was yeah it was it was one of those 70s orgies where everybody was on the floor together and they're all just writhing together uh-huh. and laying together and everyone was on top of each other and he was trying to figure out where to fit into there and he couldn't find a, a couldn't find a, a space on the floor for him to lay down he was just kind of stuck standing on the floor mm-hmm. so everywhere he would lay down there'd be somebody there already and so he was kind of stuck wearing his towel and it was yeah it was hilarious but it was like probably at, at 11 or 9 10 or 11 is my introduction to what that would be air quotes an orgy and i was thinking wow what is this but um yeah they're they're uh, amazing when you can organize them correctly yeah i uh, my first experience with porno was i think yeah around the same age 11 12 i remember <clears throat> my I was at my friend's house and my two best friends were there and one of my one of them found a tape that her parents hid in their closet and she got it out and then we started watching it and I'm like what is that like long thick thing oh my god it's a penis and we all closed our eyes actually no now that I remember it was me who closed my eyes while they were like giggling and stuff like that but it was it was interesting I was not traumatized or anything so (laughs) yeah I was like "Mm, interesting cool moving on 
Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Let's go play outside, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was also like finding magazines. Um, and there's this there's this weird thing that happens in the South, and I'm not the first person to have experienced this. I've, I've, friends of mine have told me the same thing, yeah. but during the if you were a child who was you know born in the 70s and sort of grew up in the 80s there was a pretty good chance that you could have gone into the like if they lived in a neighborhood where i, I grew up in a neighborhood and there was woods all around our neighborhood mm-hmm. you could have gone out into your woods on really any given summer and found a suitcase or briefcase <gasps> full of dirty magazines oh and there would have been a stash and it's just happened like i'm not the only person this is like a weird urban legend thing where somebody who either like and what more likely happened was it was teenage boys who were you know older than you who had found other dirty magazines or had somebody buy them for them yeah and then brought them out into the woods and left them there i remember my friends and i finding a stash like that out in the woods and i i'm like i said i'm not the first person that's had that experience happen to them i don't really know why that's i mean I, i guess it's because you know, magazines back in that time period where like, you know, there was no internet, there was no, you know, yeah. Pornhub, there was really no Playboy channel. It was just dirty magazine or VHS tape. Yeah. I heard this thing about magazines that like guys jerk off in it and pages stick or something like that. Like, is yeah. that true? Like what? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that's a true thing. <laughs> I've never done that. Um, but the magazines I've had, I've, I've always been like, you know, I'm holding, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using them that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a target for me to shoot onto. It's something else. Yeah. My hands are somewhere else when I'm like, like it's, it's yeah. the there or I, whatever. Yeah. That's how you know you're old school. That's how you know you're probably like over 50 if that's really all you use for uh your smut was is magazines or vhs tapes and not the internet and not your cell phone mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i remember my stepdad he used to collect the playboy magazines and i'm sorry about that it's okay i uh, they got me excited when my parents were at home i kind of read through them oh, but no, I, went... I, I cracked my knuckles <laughs> Oh, you! Oh, oh my God! You cut your knuckles. Are you okay? Are you bleeding? You know, I, I, no, I cracked them over the microphone. Oh, that's fine. I didn't hear anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, now that I mentioned it, and now we've all talked about it, and everyone knows I did that, they're going to listen to the podcast and be like, "Where do you do that at?" Oh, you did it there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, you. Yeah. So, Playboy, go ahead. How, Play- which uh... Playboy, and I. Uh, yeah, when my parents weren't home, I would just, you know go to the room and take out the magazine and start going to the to the comic book section and yeah and that's when you know i started exploring my body because these magazines got me very excited for some odd reason (laughs) just just like an american pie i could see you being like like nadia the the exchange student and just reading the magazines So yeah. play, I'm glad you mentioned Playboy because that's, a, I think, a, a decent spot to segue to because I used to collect Playboys. I had a subscription for a couple of years mm-hmm. and I have a bunch of back issues somewhere. And before, you know, the concept of Hugh Hefner becoming problematic, you know, for decades, he was the man. 
you know, he was sort of the icon of male virility and sexual freedom and independent thought. And I really like, I, I liked his style. Like I, I appreciated the Playboy style. And I remember in college, especially in my early twenties, late teens, I emulated a lot of sort of the Playboy aesthetics for, you know, my definition of what I thought masculinity and manhood should be. And uh, I remember like several things. I remember mostly that I would flex by paying for like Don Diego babies that were like Playboy cigars. Yeah. When I smoked cigars, I would get the Don Diego babies that were from the Playboy um, brand. And then I remember, you know, uh, I had a pretty steady girlfriend for a long time and her father was also a fan of the magazine. He had a Playboy uh, ceramic uh, beer mug he'd gotten from one of the Playboy clubs in the 60s. Ooh. So it was a, it was pretty much vintage. And I had that in my collection, yeah, for a long time. And just like, I remember, I remember going, I remember when I was in college, I went to the mall on one of my Christmas breaks. And I remember buying like, because I would always buy the Christmas issues. I have a bunch of them somewhere still. And I would buy the Christmas issue. And I was coming back and I ran into a, a girl I was going to college with who I liked and she was cute and she looked like a Playboy bunny. Aww. And I remember talking to her and she said, what do you got in your magazine bag? I said, oh, and she played with, she's like, really? And she had this sort of weird value judgment after I'd be telling her that. And she was like, Aww. oh, okay. I was like, yeah. She's like, all right, whatever. And so I didn't see her again after that until about the school. And then we had had a, had a date and it went okay. I mean, there wasn't really much chemistry. But then I, or after she and I went out, I heard her to friends that she had to leave college because she'd gotten pregnant <laughs> and, and she, yeah, well, I mean, it's not, yeah, but so sorry, she, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't left, but no, no, but it, she, yeah, <laughs> she'd gotten pregnant and left and I'd never seen her since, but she was very cute. And, uh, she, uh, looked kind of like, uh, which playboy model does she look like? Um, the one that was married to David Boreanaz, Boreanaz, oh, um, she yeah. was on son of a beach. Uh, not just Jamie something, not Jamie Pres- Priestley, Jamie, uh, oh, it's going to bother me later. I'll have to look it up. Okay. But yeah, but my biggest flexes were about Playboy, like style wise and money and like that kind of attitude mm-hmm. being a Playboy of being sort of this big swing and dick, big man on campus, you know, having money and having, you know, a lot of girlfriends and dating a lot and being a player. And, um, you know, I, I've had a lot of money in my lifetime and I've been, you know, broke living in my car and I've been on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. Like I used to have, an, I had an Audi A4 for a couple of years and it's a beautiful car and it handles well, but my guy, it's expensive to take care of. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very expensive. It's luxury cars. I mean, you have to have um, the income for them. It's one thing to buy them cheaply. It's another thing to be able to keep the upkeep for them because they can be, you know, like oil changes that are normally 80 bucks can be like 120 to 140 Mm-hmm. depending on what you have to have done and it's just can be crazy so yeah flexes i mean how do you feel about guys who drop a lot of money i feel bad for them really because i mean let's just say that millionaires are millionaires for a reason and i've been told and it does show that like only poor people who actually care about somebody else's opinion, they buy all the designer bags, like men wear tons of jewelry. Like you could like get robbed just wearing that jewelry, wearing that Rolex, like 
it, it just shows that, oh, yeah, I could rob them like just like that because they're wearing really expensive stuff. I honestly don't think that, you know, having, um, let's just say Louis Vuitton bag or, you know, red sole shoes is going to change anything. Like women show off those things to women. Like men don't care. I've been told they don't care. I mean, I would be surprised if they did care for like a very expensive accessory. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, yeah, if you if you go back and you read like The Millionaire Next Door, which is a great book I recommend, shout out to that book. Um, yeah. It talks about how, you know, there's a difference between being a prodigious accumulator of wealth, wealth and an unprodigious accumulator of wealth, a UAW and a PAW. And the PAWs, you know, they live modestly. They, they rather, like, you know, instead of buying an Audi, they take that money and deposit it into like a real estate investment portfolio yeah. and get a huge return. That they can in turn, you know, become cash positive with and have a cash flow mm-hmm. instead of just having all their money going out to an expense, which is, would be the Audi. Um, but you're right, though. I think that the, the one downside, though, is that I've noticed in my life, the more I've paid for things, like if there are high ticket dollar items, um, they were quality and they lasted longer and that's they were true. worth the money. So that's one side of it. I mean, you can, you know, you can have, like, I'm, I'm not a big jewelry guy. I, I've worn jewelry before, but right now I, I don't have any jewelry and um, I just don't have a need for it. Like I have a watch. I never wear it. I, if I have to go somewhere that a watch would look good with that outfit, I will wear it and I'll clean it up and everything. Yeah. Or if I decide to get a black wedding ring and I'll wear it, you know, the same. Well, that would signify that I'm a swinger. I like, oh, black wedding ring? Yeah. That's That's one of those, it's one of the swinger clues. uh, Like the upside upside down pineapple or the star on your house. Those can all signify, yeah, that you and your partner are swingers. I did not know that. Now I know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, also it can just be stylistic. I mean, I actually have a black, I have a black wedding ring on my keychain that if I have to do as an actor, if I have to do a role where I need to have a wedding band, I'll throw it on real quick just yeah. to say, here's, here's the wedding band that I'm supposed to, my character is supposed to have. I remember that from like years ago when I was doing background work, you know, professionally, that's all I would do. I, I was like booking work all the time. And I was, I'm making good money too, because, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you get that, that overtime and it's like, well, I've just made bank. Um, but I had a guy that I was doing a, a strip club scene with. I was working. I was I was on a show called Banshee, which I know you would love. <gasps> yeah. yeah. I was on that show, and whenever they would show the strip club, they'd always bring me and like several guys back because we were always the same patrons of the strip club. And they had real dancers there, and it was like a fake stage, but real dancers. So I met some people who I'm still friends with today that you know were topless dancers on that show. And uh, this one guy was like, you know, I, I've got this. He he brought out this little plastic Ziploc bag. I'm like, what's that? He's like, this is my jewelry that I wear when I'm shooting stuff. And it was like a selection of wedding bands. Mm. And I was like, where'd you get that? He said, well, this was an actual real wedding band I had before I was divorced. And these are, I bought at a pawn shop and I wear these if I need to have a character that's married. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. So now I have this black one somewhere, probably on my keychain, I hope, because <laughs> it's impossible to sell. If you ever get like a, um, one of those like, fitted wedding bands that's like whatever that metal is is black not onyx but it's like yeah I know tungsten or something about. yeah they're impossible to pawn no one wants to buy them so you stuck with it pretty much for your life 
<laughs> so now I just have it for that reason. But nice. um, cool. yeah, that's that's from the that's from the woman who uh, I had the foursome with that didn't, did not enjoy it. It was her engagement ring that she gave me, and I was like, okay, this is different. This is weird. Like, what would you give back your engagement ring? I kept mine because I had to order it for everybody, but it wasn't yeah. pretty. It was like ten bucks, <laughs> but it was like pretty because it was like had fake stone and and i think it had like a little tardis on it and whatnot and oh really yeah that's cool that's cool but yeah <laughs> cool all okay. right <sighs> do you have more more i, I, I have questions for you oh yeah sure okay so as a provider and i, and I noticed that when I, I have some friends of mine who are sex workers and they love being spoiled and they love tips and they love when mm-hmm. their clients will buy them fine things. You know, which do you prefer? Do you prefer somebody buying you Vanilla Blancs or, you know, like Cartier or, you know, Victoria's Secret or would you prefer like practical gifts? The, what was the last one again? A practical gift, like a book or a movie or wine or something meaningful gift or if they tip me because i can't really you know pay rent with with (laughs) a bag (laughs) like it's either money or a meaningful gift can go a long way because i had few people who actually listened to my podcast and they they remembered that i like books i like candles and uh you know, two of them, a uh, few of them, uh, not just two, gave me candles and uh, gave me some books. And I'm like, thank you. Like, this is like, I don't have this book and I could, it's, I don't know, it's really meaningful. It's because, I mean, a bag is just a bag. Like, I don't really go out much, but, you know, like I take this bag somewhere. So what? But book, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm, I like meaningful gifts that actually mm-hmm. will make me happy. Mm-hmm. And money, because I could save this money, I could invest this money, mm-hmm. and I could afford my rent with this money and groceries, something that actually, the basic need. Yeah. Right. I used to date a, uh, a dancer, and she would talk about how... Um, like her, some of her clients would be like stockbrokers yeah. or they would be money managers and they would give her these tips, like investment tips and ideas and stuff. And yeah. not only would they, you know, pay for, you know, dances or companionship or whatever, but they would also say, Hey, you know, I'm going to give you, here's a grand and this is what I think you should do with it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she'd take up on their offers. If it was something that she you know, understood or something she'd be like, nah, it's not really my thing. I'll just take the you know, money and whatever. Um, but she, uh, and she was definitely a hustler and she, and she knew how to make the most of the situations that she was in. So more power to her. Yeah. More power to you, girl. Yeah, Whatever exactly. You are. <laughs> right. Cool. Do you have any more questions? I have, um, I have a client coming in at 10. That's why I have okay. to ask. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you probably need to get ready. No, I have no more questions other than I hope you have the fun with your client. I will. He's a regular. I like him. Super nice. Good. 
Nice guy. Tell him I said hi. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. We'll talk yep. to you、Thanks. next time. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.